Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Well, where I grew up, uh, we had a lot of dirt roads. So I lived on a paved road. I was one of the lucky ones. I lived on a paved road, but just two or three houses down, there was there was one of these crossroads we called it, and it was it was a dirt road. And then uh, up a little ways further, in order for us to get to church, uh, the quickest way was to go go through the the dirt road, and we called that the crossroad. And we would go down every Sunday. Um, I had friends that lived over there. We were there for youth groups, so multiple times during the week, really. Uh, we would go through this crossroad to get to the other paved road and get to church or get to our friend's house or whatever. Um, and it, most of the, well, not most of the time. Most of the time it was horrible. Some of the time it was nice and smooth. The greater had come by and, and it was dusty, but it was it was fairly smooth. The rocks are kicking up, but you could drive it and and you didn't feel like you were turning into jello. Um, but the whole rest of the time, the whole rest of the year, it was pretty horrible. There were potholes and giant potholes and then bigger potholes and then what would happen is we would get a lot of rain and the rain wouldn't create potholes then we got all these big trenches in the road and then it would freeze and we would have these really solid walls of dirt that you had to drive over and around and and you'd be driving and you'd be trying to stay in one line on the road and then you would catch into one of these ruts and it would just kick the car over or kick the truck over and you'd have to be fighting it and go anywhere other than where the rut was. And there were lots and lots of complaints and lots of people complained about it and, and trying to say, you know, we know you got to fix the road, you got to get over there, you got to get rid of those ruts, you got to get rid of the potholes, they're doing damage to cars. And there was a constant complaint that these ruts were in the road because it did damage to the cars and it made you go in directions that you didn't want to go. Well, sometimes in life, we find that there are ruts that we follow, ruts in our lives. Uh, like driving on, the, driving on the dirt road, you get into this place where somebody else is driven, and that's how a rut is made. It's not just spontaneously created. Somebody else was driving there, made that dip in the road, and then it gets deeper and deeper, and they get and then you came along and you get stuck going in that same rut. And so we there are actually ruts that we have in our lives. And some of it is just we see the patterns of other people and we get into the habits of those other people. And sometimes it's it's a lot deeper than that because it's it's not just the people that we're around or the habits or the, the culture that we have, but it's actually something that we picked up from our parents or we picked up from an older brother or older sister. Or something that is passed down from great-grandparents to grandparents to your parents to you. And we are, have these things, these rut-like things in our lives that we end up getting stuck in. Even though we didn't want to be there, we had no intention of being there. They're there and we, they end up driving and directing our lives. And the, this can be... And this can be something like divorce, where you may you may be able to look back in your history and see that your grandparents were divorced, and then your parents get divorced, and then you're getting divorced. 
it could be lying where you, you've seen that your, your parents were lying and then you're lying and now your kids are lying. It, it could be uh, alcoholism, unfaithfulness, anger, lying, abuse, uh, this need, an obsession for control, manipulation, depression, uh, drug abuse. Uh, it could just be this this pattern of behavior. I can I can prove it to you. You you know, and as you get older, you're seeing this more and more that. You've looked at your parents and said, oh, I don't want to be like that, or I hate that mom and dad do that, or I hate that dad says that, or I, I'm never going to do that. And then you, you, as you get older, you find that you're talking like your parents, and you're acting like your parents, and you're doing the same things, and you may have even caught yourself uh, at one point, maybe when you were a teenager, looking at your parents and saying, I am never going to do that. And then you got older, and you had kids, and you started doing exactly that same thing, and you you've had that experience, that fearful dread that's like, oh, I've turned into my mother, right? You've, you've had those experiences. Those are because those patterns have been established and we've been exposed to those things and we get stuck in those same patterns. Now, some of those patterns are good. Some of those patterns are, are things that really we should have and they're, they're not bad. They're just the way of saying something. But a lot of times they end up being these problem things, these problem situations, these bad ruts that we don't want in our lives and that do a lot of damage to us and to our kids and our kids' kids. And they end up having these things in our lives, doing damage, and we end up passing them on. Now, there are some biblical examples of this. So you, you find that Abraham... Uh, had a problem with lying and when you look at the stories of of his family you see that lying becomes this repeated behavior in his family line you look at David David who was a great king great king except except for that time when he saw somebody else's wife and took her and slept with her and then had her her husband killed so that it, he so that David could cover up cover it up and we have that situation and then we see that oh wait uh, his his son had similar issues with women and his son ends up fracturing the kingdom because of all these women in his lives and and not 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 respecting them and not having proper relationships and you see the pattern repeat and it wasn't just this one thing. It was this one thing that passed on to his kids and then passed on to his kids' kids. And we end up in these situations in our lives where we are either at the receiving end of the rut where we've seen it from generation and it doesn't take long to build up. Uh, typically, the, the farther back it goes, the deeper the rut. Um, and Sometimes we're in the place where we've created something, we've done something, we've built this bad habit, and now we're passing it on to our kids. And uh, the, Bible, the Bible talks about these things. Sometimes it talks about generational sins or generational curses or just these things that get passed on from generation to generation. And in Exodus 20, it talks about how judgment can carry over from generation to generation. And I... I but then later on, it talks about how um, the judgment on one generation isn't, isn't passed on. It, it's only passed on when that next generation is guilty. And so we have this kind of this, this idea being established of 
it's not just the guilt that's passed on, it's actually the, the action, the patterns that get passed on from generation to generation. And then in Leviticus 26, it talks about how if we, we can confess and be changed if things are paid for and covered. That, that guilt and that pattern doesn't have to continue in our lives if it's paid for and it's covered. And so that leads us to this place of, okay, if we have these patterns in our lives, and I don't know what patterns you face in your life and what kind of ruts you deal with, whether it's alcoholism or anger or anxiety or bad decisions with money or pride or, or constantly playing the victim or if it's abuse or, or alcohol abuse or depression or divorce or, or unfaithfulness or whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but whatever those things are in your lives, and you want to get rid of them, there is hope if it's paid for and covered. And that leaves us, leads us to this place of, okay, so how do you pay for and cover not just your sins, but the sins that have been passed on from generation to generation? Well, in, in 1 John chapter 1... Uh, the author says this, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So we got to confess it, and then there's, there's purification and forgiveness. And in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, it says this, this is 18 and 19, For you know that it was not with per perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Let me read that again. You know that it was not with perishable things, like silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty life, handed down to you from your ancestors. It was with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And so what that tells us, what, what 1 John and 1 Peter tell us, is that our sins and the sins of our generations and, uh, that have been passed down to us can be dealt with through confession and can be paid for and covered and removed by the sacrifice of Jesus. That Jesus was a perfect sacrifice that made a way to defeat the power of sin in our lives. It's like, it's like going down that road. Not only, not a, confession is kind of like being able to go down the road and say there are ruts here, but I'm go, I've got my monster truck and I'm just going to drive over and drive through these ruts and I'm going to pave a new way. And then Jesus comes along and says, I'm, I'm going to do one even better. I'm not just, it's not just going to be confessing it and rewriting it. I am going to wipe this slate clean. And it's the grater that, that goes through the dirt road and digs up all the dirt and sets the new level and sets it flat and fresh. And he says, I'm going to pave it now. And he totally reconstructs the road, sets it a new path, gives it new direction. And in our lives, when we deal with ruts, we have been given this way to not be stuck in that, to not repeat that cycle, to not continually and constantly have this hopeless battle against 
these generational sins that have been passed on to us and that we have engaged and passed on to our kids and passed on to those that we influence. It may not be your kids. It may be just the people that you're around that you have influence over. It might be your boss to your employees. It may be uh, to your younger siblings. It could be just that other people in school or, or at your, that you work with that you have these patterns and you're passing it on to them. It could be people online. It could be people that you play with. Whatever it is, and we have these patterns, we pass them on. Jesus is saying, you don't have to repeat those actions. You don't have to be stuck in those actions. You don't have to have those actions and those sins have a hold in you. You don't have to keep repeating and you don't have to pass it on to anybody. Because through confession and the power of Jesus, everything can be reset and redeemed. But that doesn't happen by accident. That doesn't just magically happen one day while sitting in your chair. In order to break a cycle, there has to be that intervention that resets it. In order to break the cycle, there has to be an intervention that breaks the cycle, that resets it. Without confession, the pattern's going to be there. The sin's going to be there, and it's going to continue doing damage to you, and it's going to continue doing damage to everybody that you influence. Without that intervention and stopping and giving it over to Christ and letting Him have control and power, and Him taking the greater to the road and flattening it all out, you're still going to be stuck in the ruts. You're still going to end up in the ruts. Unless the greater comes, unless you're in the great big 4x4 monster truck, you're going to get caught in those ruts again. And so there has to be a change. There has to be an intervention. But when you make that intervention, everything changes. We know that you're actually in our brains. How our brains work is there are these the cells in our brains are called neurons, and they make roads between each other and that when you do something over and over again the road between those those particular cells get stronger and stronger and stronger and that's why it's so easy to continue in those patterns because those are the stronger connections and in order to change that there has to be a change and intervention in your behavior you have to intentionally stop doing the, the connection that you used to do and build a new connection and wait until that connection is stronger. That's how our brains, even our brain chemistry works. And so there has to be this intervention and this change for our minds and our habits and our families and our lives to change. And so this is what we need to do. In order to break a cycle, there has to be an intervention that, that allows for the reset. The first thing we need to do is we need to confess it. And, and part of confession is being able to look at your life, examine your life, examine your family history, and see the pattern and admit it. You've got to be able to admit that this is a problem in your life, and you've got to be able to admit that uh, this may have been a problem in the past with other people's lives that have been passed on to you. You've got to look at it, and you've got to admit it. And then you've got to realize the damage that it's done, and you've got to intentionally fight against it. 
you've got to go to God and say, I am sorry that I have lived this way. You maybe even, I'm sorry that my family has lived this way. I'm sorry that we have done this in the past and that we have this in our lives. And I'm sorry that we've done it. And I'm sorry that we're repeating it. And I, and I need you to do something. And so, and beyond that, it may require you going to people that you have affected. Maybe in some situations, going to people that your parents or grandparents affected and saying to them, I'm sorry for what they've done. I'm sorry for what we've done. I'm sorry for all this stuff, these sins that have been passed on to me. I'm sorry for all this. And we have to confess it. Hiding it, pretending it's not a thing, pretending that it's not an issue, that it was never an issue. If we leave it like that, then we're stuck. We're stuck in the ruts. The ruts are going to be there. We're going to continue repeating the behavior. So we got to admit it and we got to confess it. And that requires admitting it. The other thing we, the, the other thing we need to do is we need to turn it to Jesus. Confessing it is good. Admitting it is good. That's a necessary step. But that doesn't ultimately change it. What changes it is the power of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Him taking control and resetting it. And some of, that, some of that is when he tells you, okay, you've confessed it, great, now I want you to do this. You've got to do it. When he says, I want you to cut this out, I want you to stop going here, I want you to join this group, I want you to join a small group, I want you to start going to celebrate recovery, I want you to talk to these people, I want you to have these conversations, I don't want you around these people anymore. I, I, whatever it is, when he calls you to do it, you've got to start doing it. You gotta start listening to what he's saying. And you gotta start following him step by step by step. And then you've gotta let him, you've gotta let him pour out his power on you to determine the direction and start rewriting everything. You've gotta have, you've gotta let him. Do the work behind the scenes. Like only he can. And when we confess it, we start being obedient. He starts to rewrite those patterns in our lives. He starts to rewrite our brains. He starts to rewrite, fix the roads. And over a little bit of time, we start to feel like the power of the sin and the power of those cycles have less and less authority in our lives. We have more and more freedom. Now, can we always go back to it? Yes, we can always go back to it. But we don't have to be trapped by it. And so if you have noticed that there are cycles in your life, in your family, then your first step is to admit it, confess it, and give it to Jesus. Start following Him and let Him break the cycle. But that doesn't happen by accident. You've got to stop and you've got to make the intervention so that Jesus can reset it. And I believe that's the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus. That we can have freedom from sin and death. That we don't have to be defeated by it anymore. But these cycles can be broken. We can live a new way. We can do things a new way, a different way, the way we were meant to. And we can live like Jesus, and we can have power and freedom.
and we don't have to live with shame and guilt in our lives anymore, but we can be forgiven. And we can live a new way. But to break a cycle, there has to be an intervention that opens the door for the reset. Well, thanks for checking us out today. I hope that this uh, has given you something to think about um, and that you think about it through this week and uh, that uh, maybe you're able to dig a little bit further into it. If you've got questions or comments or want help digging into this at all, feel free to reach out to us, contact us, and we'd be more than happy to walk with you through this journey of faith. And we hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.